Welcome, everybody, to Hauntings and Booze, episode number 12. Woo-hoo. Like always, I'm Ari. I'm Natalie. And today we're going to be continuing our Haunted Hotel series from around the globe. Today we'll be talking about the Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. Colorado's most haunted hotel, Dare to Stay. Would you? Would you? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, our drink first. Yes, we have to have our drink first. You brought this to me. I did, and it is just some. It's very simple. It's ginger beer. Never had ginger beer before. It's really good when you mix it with some vodka on the rocks. That's all you need. You could throw a lime in there, which I did not. But we got some simple ginger beer, vodka on the rocks, really low carb and super healthy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't have too many and drive on them. But yes, it's really, really good and refreshing. It does taste amazing, mm-hmm. and we'll be sipping this throughout. Yes, we surely will. So today we're going to be. Well, talking about the Stanley Hotel, obviously. I'm not sure how familiar you all are with The Shining, written mm. by Stephen King in 1977. Never heard of it. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, obviously, it was he, he wrote the book, and it was made into a movie by Stanley Kubrick in 1980. Stephen King actually did not like the movie at no. all. Mm-mm. He felt like it severely deviated from his book. Right. I never read the book. Have you? I did. I did. It was... Over 400 pages. It was a very long time ago. Um, Like all his other books. Yeah, right? Like all his (laughs) other books. And it was definitely different than the movie. Kubrick definitely took his liberties and changed a couple of things. Mm -hmm. But I liked both of them. They were both really entertaining. That's fair. Mm -hmm. I guess books don't always translate to the big screen. Yeah, that I well. guess, I guess. But this was this was good. I liked it. I liked it. And I mean, Jack Nicholson was in it. Holy crap. You know, you can't get a better actor. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, I really yeah. carried that film. It was it was great. So I, I enjoyed both. So but I, I can understand from like an artist's perspective how Stephen King was like, you know, WTF. This is my work Keep yeah. to it. So yeah. I can understand that, I guess. Yeah, that happens often with books and movies. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you all think? Do you think the movie was better? Or have you guys read the book? You can send us an email if you experienced it at hauntingsandbooze at gmail.com. What do you guys think? Tell us. Yeah. We want to hear. We want Tell to us. know. Tell we us want now. to know. We want to know. Send those emails. <laughs> Send those emails. All right. So like I said, I like both. But um, and the reason we kind of chatted about that is because obviously, again, the Stanley Hotel was based on the novel mm-hmm. and then afterwards the movie itself. So let's get into it. And this took place in, and this took place, and the Stanley Hotel is in Colorado. So um, let's let's chat about it. So the first thing I want to start off with is Stephen King. He had an excerpt in The Shining in his novel, which again, he wrote in 1977. And this is his exact writing. It said, any big hotels have got scandals, just like every big hotel has a ghost. Why? Hell, people come and go. Sometimes one of them will pop off in his room, heart attack or stroke or something like that. Hotels are superstitious places. Agreed. Agreed, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I would definitely say it's, it's yeah, pretty, uh, pretty on the spot Hotels there. Hotels can be pretty creepy. Yes, they can, especially the ones we visited and the ones we're going to be visiting. Yes. I'm so excited. And this is definitely one, I'll tell you right now. I mean, the more and more I read about this, I was yeah. like, we have to go. And they also, you don't have to sleep over. They actually have like 
tours or we can go for the day. You could have dinner. You can check the place out and then you can get the hell out of there. That's awesome. So you don't necessarily have to sleep there. I always wanted to visit Colorado anyway. Oh, yeah. And we're only like, yeah, for so many great reasons. <laughs> yeah. And we're, <laughs> yeah, and we're like only eight or nine. We might have to change the title of this show, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> and it's only like eight or nine hours away. So that would be that would be really That's cool. cool. Yeah. So now this hotel, again, the Stanley Hotel, it existed long before Stephen King's novel and Kubrick's movie. So F.O. Stanley, which is Freeland Oscar Stanley, mm -hmm. actually opened the Stanley Hotel's doors. And this was back in like 1909. I did not realize it was that old. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, Freeland was an American inventor. The guy was an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. I keep saying that word. <laughs> it ties me up too. An entrepreneur. He was a hotelier and an architect. <laughs> he invented the Stanley Practical Drawing Set. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I never had. Mm -hmm. And apparently school kids use this at school. But he made his real fortune in the manufacture of photographic plates. Oh. And he was best known actually as the co-founder. He did this with his brother, whose name was Francis Edgar Stanley. Okay. And they also created the Stanley Motor Carriage Company, which I have heard of. Mm -hmm. I had no idea, though, that it was connected to the hotel's owner. Now, the Stanley Steamer, does that ring a bell at all? The steamer part. Okay, that's good. So <laughs> now it's top speed. Now, remember, I'm talking about 1902. Its top speed was 127 miles. So at the time, it made it the fastest vehicle on Earth. Wow, when you said steamer, I was picturing a boat. Yeah. <laughs> or those like steamers. It's like 127 those, miles. God damn, on the water. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that'd be pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. So back in 1902, 127 miles, it That's was hands crazy, down yeah. fastest thing on the on Earth. Now, in 1903, um, at this point, Freeland was 54 years old. He was diagnosed with tuberculosis mm. and he was given six months to live. Back then, I mean, that was usually the case. Yeah. Now, as recommended by his doctor, he and his wifey headed to the Rocky Mountains, which I'm sure are gorgeous. Again, we definitely got to check that out. He went there for some fresh air and, um, you know, coupled with a healthy diet was what he was told to do hmm. for the six months that he had remaining to live. So the doctor told him, get out of here, get, get out of here. some fresh air. Fresh air. And they were in Massachusetts, I believe. So he was like, you know, it was a long trek from Massachusetts back then to go to the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. But he's like, just just do it. Get some air, get some nature, eat some healthy food. And, you know, make the best of your six months is what the doctor pretty much told him. Well, now, um, Freeland, he fell in love with Estes. And I'm not sure if it's Estes Park or Estes Park. I'm going to say mm -hmm. Estes Park. E-S-T-E-S -E is how it's spelled. So he fell in love with Estes Park. And within a couple of months, this guy was hiking five miles a day and turning his death sentence completely around. Now, mind you, he had tuberculosis, okay? He was 5 feet 11 inches, and he only weighed 118 pounds Jeez. with one foot in the grave. Now, fast forward four years later, screw those six months they gave him. He was fully recovered and in absolutely the best shape of his life. That's amazing. It is amazing. It's like Colorado so, air. Exactly. And he actually lived to be 91 years old. Wow. Amazing. I was like, wow, my hero. So talk about the human spirit persevering. So awesome. Awesome examples. I had to share that. And I think it's I think it is important to share, um, you know, a little bit of the history of this hotel and how all things kind of 
rolled out into what it is now. Now, although he loved Estes Park, he felt its rugged lifestyle needed to be kicked up a notch. Don't forget, they came from money. Him and his wife, they're millionaires at this mm -hmm. point. So in 1907, with the mission of turning Estes Park into, he wanted to make it like this really cool resort town, okay. he began construction of the Stanley Hotel. There we go. All right, and that's in 1907. Now, this guy, don't forget, he was an inventor. He was an architect. He had a hydroelectric pump built, okay, by him, of course, up in the mountain to make sure the hotel could be all electric, which was huge for back then. He even had phones in every single room. Again, 1907, right? That guy's so a genius. He is. He was, he was amazing. So the hotel, it was a colonial revival. It was 140 rooms mm. and about five miles away from the entrance to Rocky Mountain National Park. So. Perfect. And I, I saw pictures and stuff. I'm like, this place looks gorgeous. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, I definitely have to go. Yeah, and, and for lots of other reasons, which I'm very interested in, which we're <laughs> going to talk about in a second. So now it was geared toward upper class Easterners and was also a health retreat, which I thought it was really cool he did it, for sufferers of pulmonary tuberculosis. Because he's like, if this place can cure me, it can definitely help others. So I thought sense. that was really yeah. nice. Um, now guests would arrive by train. And they were delivered to the hotel by mountain wagons, which were specially designed steam-powered vehicles. Hmm. So they're like, oh, cool, you know, we're going to get in these vehicles. and go. So there were lots of things to draw people to have this kind of experience it was there. exciting. It was, yeah. And it was mainly a summer getaway. So heat wasn't added until 1979 because, hmm. again, people went there for the summer. They did not go there in the dead of winter. Yeah. Now, the Stanley Hotel is pretty much the same as when it had opened to this day. It contained 11 separate structures. Some of them were, you had the main hotel, and I'm going to get into the concert hall, which was built, a carriage house, the manager's cottage, of course. Uh, there was a gatehouse and the lodge, and this was called the lodge. It was basically like a smaller bed and breakfast, mm -hmm. originally called the Stanley Manor. Okay. And they actually still have it. So, um, and a side note here, even though Kubrick's The Shining was inspired by the Stanley Hotel, the actual movie, which a lot of people, myself included, I thought that the movie was filmed at the Stanley Hotel. It was not. It was actually filmed at the Timberline Lodge in Mount Hood, Oregon. Oh, no. Fun Snapple fact. What the hell? Yeah, so Bamboozled. I... Boozled. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, wow. And it, it was not filmed there. Does the interior look anything alike? They did. They did try to duplicate what the interior looked like. But the other little morsel of information I'm going to give you is that I had no idea that Stephen King, again, remember, he didn't really like the movie. He felt it deviated from his novel. So in 97, he did a mini series of The Shining, okay? And that was actually filmed at the Stanley Hotel. Okay. Oh, they, they did a TV show? They did. Series? It was like a mini series in 97. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't know. I have seen it. Uh, no, I don't. And I'm like, oh, I got to check it out. And And he said he wasn't crazy about it, but he liked it because it depicted his novel. It didn't go off like. So he wasn't Kubrick's. crazy about his novel in the first place? And, and, <laughs> no, wait, what did I say? <laughs> no, you said it right. I was, I was like, why are you confusing me? <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty much. So he liked the miniseries. Let's just put it that way compared to the yeah, actual yeah. movie. Um, but that was filmed there at the Stanley Hotel. Nice so simple fact. That's cool. I had no idea. I was like, oh, look at that. Now, in the 1970s, the Stanley Hotel was heading toward a downward spiral. It was, again, its splendor had faded and it had established this reputation of being haunted, which nowadays people are like, oh, it's haunted, let's go. Yeah. Back then, not such a great selling <laughs> yeah. point. People didn't want to be around haunted areas. And there was a lot of talk about a lot of weird things happening, which I'll, again, get into. 
Now, until, uh, what was it, 1974, this up-and-coming horror author by the name of Stephen King decided to check in with his wife, and he completely changed the fate of where the Stanley Hotel was headed. Hmm. So um, Stephen King and his wife, they lived in Boulder, Colorado at that time, and they were there for just a little bit. Uh, he was struggling with a project that he was actually working on, and by the locals' recommendation, he decided to use the Stanley Hotel as a retreat to find his inspiration. So he was basically writer's block. I don't know what was going yeah. on, but he needed, you know, some kind of a, a nice, you know, open environment, you know, who knows, to just get some ideas flowing. Like the movie. Yeah, pretty much, right? Mm -hmm. So King and his wife were the only guests that night. So imagine they're in this huge hotel. They were the <laughs> only two people in the hotel with some minimal yeah. staff. Being the next day, the hotel was actually closing for the entire season. Because they closed in winter, They were right? closing in the winter. Yeah. So he was it, him and his wife. I was like, holy crap, that's wow. crazy. Now, they stayed in room 217. So wifey went to bed, and Stephen King wandered the long, empty halls. And he said he was listening to music, and he met Grady, who he chatted with. Now, Grady was the hotel's bartender. Does that sound familiar? Yes. It's right? just like the movie. Exactly. So he chatted with the bartender. Now, imagine, again, being in this massive hotel all by your lonesome, where the hell do you think your imagination can go? I'm surprised his wife was, oh, I'm going to bed. Yeah, right? I'm like, no. <laughs> hell no, I'm following you around this fucking place. <laughs> exactly. It was crazy. So, and you know, and especially having a husband who's into horror and writes all this yeah. stuff, she's probably, I've heard it all. Oh, yeah. I don't care anymore. That's who knows? True. Exactly. So, so we see where King's, you know, imagination went with the, with the novel and everything. Now, that night, though, he had a dream. So he slept over a uh, room again, 217, and he had a dream. And this is his quote, okay? So I'm reading this off of uh, Stanley King, off of Stephen King's <laughs> actual quote. So he said, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. Hmm. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, within an inch of falling out of bed. I got up lit a cigarette, sat in a chair looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind. He already had everything. Bada bing, planned. bada boom. That's it. Well, I guess, <laughs> he didn't say that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess it was good um, that, oh my God, brain fart. What, that he went to the hotel and slept there? or No, that the movie adaptation of it, didn't use a fucking fire hose to chase the kid. Oh, around. yeah. That would have been... <laughs> Ooh, the fire hose. Red rum fire hose. <laughs> At least it, I agree with that part. At least it's changed that out. Yeah, yeah. That's a little strange. Yeah, the fire hose kind of... Yeah, and I, you know what? Now that you're saying fire... I, I can't remember if you had the fire hose in the damn book because uh, I read it so long ago. I remember seeing the fire hose in the movie. Like but it you, didn't run after the kid. No, no. You just saw it like um, near the Right, the which is good enough. Yeah. Fire hose running after right. isn't really going to scare me. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> Stay away. So, so, but seriously, imagine if we all turned our crazy ass dreams into works of art. Mm -hmm. So, people, wake up, write your shit down, make a movie, write a book, make a uh, paint something. You never know what can happen. Your imagination. Yes. So, I have a good song from Willy Wonka, but I'm not going to sing it. Anyway, <laughs> so now the Stanley Hotel has been called Disneyland for ghosts. Nice. I didn't know that either. So there have been tons of paranormal investigations. They even offer a ghost adventure package. 
which again, I want to do. Okay, where, I, I don't know, I mean, it sounds a little kooky, but it's like this ghost adventure package. So you're assigned a room on the fourth floor, which uh -huh. is like the hot spot of the hotel, complete with ghost hunting equipment. <laughs> I was like, what do they give you? <laughs> what is it, Ghostbusters, those plasma packs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a mug with a famous red rum quote on the mug. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was the coolest part. I was like, I just want the mug. That would be cool, a little souvenir. Yeah, I'd rather do the investigations on my own, but I, I thought that was funny that they do that. Now, there have been numerous sightings and ghostly occurrences reported in almost every room. From people I've heard like eerie laughter, shadowy figures, flickering lights, to even items moving around on their own. Okay. Now also, the spirits of the Stanley Hotel absolutely hate vacuum cleaners. What? They they don't like vacuum cleaners. They like my dog. So as, <laughs> I was like, okay, vacuum cleaners. So as per the staff, every time they vacuum, the equipment goes haywire and turns off or the plugs themselves come flying off of the wall. Huh. So I highly recommend you bring flip-flops or shoes to walk around. Yeah, well, I mean, how do they keep it clean? I don't know. Sweet? Like, I don't know what the hell they do, but <laughs> I was like, and I guess it must be at certain times. So I mean, you know what we got to do when we visit? What do we, we do? We have to bring our own vacuum. Bring our own vacuum and start <laughs> yeah. vacuuming. So you piss them off a bit and see what happens. <laughs> That's a good idea. We're going to bring it. Okay, we're going to video this, all of it. Yeah. It was like, now, as um, for the rooms with heavy activity, room 217, where King actually stayed, remains of course the most requested right yeah. there was no woman in the bathtub by the way as depicted in the movie but the room is reported as being super haunted now let's go back to 1911 there was a huge storm and there was a mrs elizabeth wilson and she was actually the head housekeeper she was lighting um the, the lantern in room 217 when suddenly, and I couldn't find why, but there was a huge explosion. Yeah, I think I read there was um, a gas leak in the was room. Was that what it was? Yeah. Okay, so a gas leak in the room, thanks. So Elizabeth was blasted through the floor, imagine oh blasted God. through the floor, downstairs into what they called the McGregor dining room below. She actually survived with only broken ankles. That's pretty lamb lucky. That's pretty lamb lucky, lamb yeah. Lucky. <laughs> That's pretty lamb lucky. <laughs> lucky. <laughs> this, this, this ginger beer is actually pretty good. Well, it's the vodka. That's <laughs> very... Now, almost 40 years to the day of that explosion, you know, she recuperated, got back. She worked right back at the hotel again. What a trooper. It is seriously 40 years to the day. Mrs. Wilson died of a heart attack in room 217. Dun, dun, dun. 40 years. Though. 40, That's but almost run. to the date, right? That's yeah. crazy. Now she spends most of her spirit life still taking care of that room. No vacuum. And yeah, no vacuum. But this is <laughs> this is what people have said. So guests have reported luggage was unpacked, mm -hmm. items were moved, and lights would switch on and off by themselves. Now, Mrs. Wilson was also very old-fashioned, and she disapproved of unmarried guests sleeping in the same bed. Mm. So, some couples have reported feeling a cold force coming between them. Yeah, like, hey, cut the shit out. Yeah, right? So, when they wake up, though, <laughs> this is what's really creepy. They wake up, and they have found the man's things have been packed away with his luggage by the door. Ah, okay. So, she's like, get the F out. Uh -huh. Yeah, <laughs> leave this fan made in alone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stupid now also this is another thing actor jim carrey and this is something i didn't know he stayed in room 217 because they were filming parts of dumb and dumber in that hotel oh that's awesome did I you know that no i didn't know that either now reportedly he got so spooked and it was like three hours from when he went in that he ran out of the room half naked in the middle of the night 
Wow. And not only did he not want to switch rooms, he didn't want to go back to the hotel. He just stayed somewhere else. He didn't last one night. No. Literally, he said it was like three three hours or something and he was out of there. So, yeah. and to this day, because I tried finding like, why did J- Jim Carrey leave that room? Um, he won't talk about it, supposedly. Yeah. Unless it's somewhere out there and someone's heard, I'd love to know what happened. That would be awesome. I would really, but uh, apparently I couldn't find anything. They say he refuses to talk about it. Well, he's pretty crazy as it is. So. Yeah. So. I mean, he's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I wonder how he ran out. Like, they one said of he his was personas like... they put on and... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but Ventura fucking running he said out. it was like half naked running out of the freaking room. So That's I'm insane. like, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> imagine you're sitting there like, oh, is that Jim Carrey? Jim like, Carrey naked? Yeah, or? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was that was the other thing with 217. And then um, there's another really haunted spot in the hotel. And they call this the Vortex. And it's the stunningly grand staircase, staircase between floors in the hotel's lobby. And again, they dubbed it the Vortex because of the shape and everything like that. Okay. Um, now, supposedly, it's like a tornado of spiritual energy. And many consider it to be a portal for all ghosts who visit the hotel. And mm. I'm like, maybe it's like a dimension where they go in and they go out. I mean, I don't know. Because guests report cold spots and feeling very dizzy on the stairs. And I'm like, okay, you're going through this spiral staircase. Yeah, yeah. You're on yeah, the stairs. The vortex. Yeah, right? <laughs> but they say though, not because of that, because it feels like something is walking or passing right through their body when hmm. they're in that area. I guess we'll have to find out ourselves. We sure do, and we will report on it. <laughs> so I don't know, I don't know where we're gonna go. Now I'm like, I have so many places I wanna go to first, so we gotta figure it out. Um, now, distorted images and orbs have also been caught on camera, and I actually found one. I will post it on our Instagram page and our Facebook page and everything. So awesome, I will yeah. post that picture because I saw it and I was like, wow, that's pretty freaking creepy. So, um, yeah, definitely stuff that people have caught on camera. Hugh. They've even caught Mr. and Mrs. Stanley themselves. They've been seen holding hands, so sweet, on top of the grand staircase, just watching everyone and everything going by. Yeah, they're pleased with their own place. I suppose, yeah. So apparently their spirits are still there. Oh. Now, remember I mentioned the concert hall before? Mm-hmm. So that was one of the structures. So the concert hall is another super hot spot, high activity. Um, it was built by Mr. Sandley as a gift for his wife, and her name was Flora. Now, it was used for theatrical performances and stuff like that, musical plays, you know, whatnot, to entertain, you know, the guests that were there. Now, to this day, she still loves playing her piano well into the night. Nice. So there's a piano there, and they say they hear it throughout, you know, different times of the uh, different times of the night on different days. So it's gonna be my ghost. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> <laughs> when I go. <laughs> yeah, ding, 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 ding. yeah. So um, that was that was Flora, and also there's one more spirit in the concert hall, and his name is Paul. So Paul, his main role, which I thought was funny back in the day, was to enforce the hotels. They had an 11 p.m. curfew. In the early days where wow. everyone had to get to their room. I'm like, what do you make your guests go to their room? It was really funny. So guests and employees have reportedly um, heard someone saying to them, get out late at night. Yeah. And they're like, that's got to be Paul because that's what Paul would do. He'd tell people, get out. You got to go to your room. That's crazy. Right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, man. So um, and then the other one was a construction worker. He was working on the floor of the concert floor itself. And he suddenly felt someone nudging him like several times. Mm-hmm. And finally, the guy, the guy got so scared, he just ran out and never went back. Makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, probably. I don't know how much more work he had left. <laughs> I hope he got paid. Um, and now let's move on to the fourth floor of this lovely place. This so is where the hot spot is, That's right? the hot, hot. There's lots of hot spots, but I guess it's a super hot spot. It's the hottest. The, the hottest spot ever. <laughs> so this is the fourth floor. Now, guests have reported 
hearing children laughing, playing, and running around where there are no kids, obviously. Because yeah. I'm like, well, are there kids? No kids. Um, so that's what they've heard. And they've also seen the closet doors opening and closing, banging shut on their own. Not the two little twins. No, no, nothing about, I didn't find anything about the two well, little they twins. Were children. But there were children, like, yes. Yeah. There were, and there was something else about um, the top floor was used to house mothers and their children at some point. So hmm. I'm not sure. I mean, it was a it was a lot of info. I didn't go into all that because I really just wanted to touch upon the hauntings. Right. So um, so who knows? Maybe some died. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know the whole history of it, but um, of that particular you know part. Now also there's room four twenty eight, and there have been reports of footsteps and furniture being moved around. Now, several have seen a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. So this guy just pops up. He's at the corner. How do they know he's a cowboy? Is he wearing like... Well, I'll tell you who he is. Chaps and I'll t- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the assless chaps. I don't know if he's in the blue cowboy oyster. I'm old. I don't know if anyone remembers the movie Police Academy. I do. <laughs> Anytime I hear assless chaps, that's where my brain goes. So, so the locals believe it's the spirit of Rocky Mountain Jim Nugent. Okay. Or Nugent. A, I'm not sure. Again. Impressive title. So he appears mostly to the ladies. Ooh. And sometimes he gives them a ghostly kiss. Mm. Yeah. And he, he was he was apparently a hunter and a trapper and a lover of, of ladies. ladies. <laughs> so apparently that's the guy who pops up in this hotel in that particular room. That one's not at least terrible. Yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, actually... I don't know. Random ghosts showing up and giving you smooches. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was like, all right, maybe something different. Now, uh, the Ice House. (laughs) That's another structure there. So now the Ice House, it has its name because before indoor refrigeration, the Stanley Hotel had an outbuilding to house large blocks of ice. That's Mm -hmm. just how they did it back then. Now, it's been remodeled into a museum and it houses some of the original Stanley steamer cars, which I think is really cool. It also houses two spirits that have been seen inside now one is a shy boy ghost um and they've just named him billy they don't know the kid's name but they just call him billy and he shows up as a blurry figure in almost every photo that's been taken i'm here no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) you're so stupid gingerbread man (laughs) so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna post the picture of little billy i wonder billy whatever Uh, so i'll post the picture of that too but it's it's you know it's a little creepy and then there's a pet cemetery Oh, there's Pet Sematary there's a pet, too. Nothing to do, by the way, with Stephen King's uh, book at all. Nothing to do with it. This was long before his Pet Cemetery novel. Um, and there was an actual Pet Cemetery adjacent to the Stanley Hotel. Okay. Now, witnesses have seen two beloved pets who are buried here and like to make appearances around the hotel. Now, I don't know how they know who these animals are. One is Cassie, the golden retriever. Uh-huh. So I guess maybe, and again, I, I didn't look at the cemetery or anything like that, but I guess there must be um, monuments or markers yeah. with the type of animal and they see it and they probably figure, oh, that's the one. So it's been Cassie, the golden retriever and Comanche, a fluffy white cat. Oh, okay. And not only have they been seen, but they also hear them as well. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought those kids, I was like, oh, little, little dog ghost animals. Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> so That's different. Yeah, and the Pet cemetery. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, I wonder if Stephen King got the idea for Pet cemetery. I was there. Yeah, I've, I have no idea. But Was a, there a labyrinth there outside? There like was. A, oh, okay. Cool. There was a labyrinth. The only thing they said about that labyrinth, the maze, is that no one has ever really seen anything there. 
but they get very dizzy as they try to walk around it. Oh, I'm shit. like, no shit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> I'm dizzy. I'm walking around this maze for five hours and I can't get out. <laughs> I was That's like, so, silly. so yeah, like, you know, certain things will say they're paranormal and others yeah. were like, no, we're a little skeptical about it. But no one ever claimed to see anything. They're just dizzy trying to find their way out of the maze, which yeah. is probably natural. So I would assume so. Yeah. And, and lastly, many years ago, um, a young girl by the name of Lucy she was found in the Stanley's basement and she was taking a peep at some of the construction plans. They were doing something. Now the staff decided to throw her out. I'm not sure why. Uh, and they, hmm. said, they said a young girl. So I don't know how young. Was she like 12? Was she 16? Child, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It says young girl. So the staff decided to throw her out and um, they ended up finding her a little later frozen to death outside. Wow. Yeah. And she now haunts the concert hall and the basement. Now, she's been captured in a photograph by a guest wearing a hot pink dress. Supposedly, um, no one on the tour, this was like a tour, some guy took a picture, but no one on the tour was dressed like this, and there was no girl that looked like that. Um, and there's a picture of it online, which I saw, and I was like, oh, that's pretty creepy. Um, and I'm going to post that picture too, but that's supposedly the young girl, Lucy, who was thrown out for looking at construction project photos yeah. and uh, froze to death and died. Don't know. There's got to be more of a story to that. <laughs> I. <laughs> That's a, a little extreme punishment. For <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where'd they send the kid? You know, because this is pretty much in the middmiddle of nowhere. Yeah. So that's the deal. So that's what I got on the uh, Stanley Hotel in Colorado. That's pretty cool. A lot of information I did not know. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was cool researching this because, you know, again, you know, like you said, so many things I didn't know about. So and all these all these um, researched hauntings and uh, little history excerpts we do. I, I just love doing it because you find out a lot of cool information. Yeah, so. oh, that's that's awesome. So show of hands. <laughs> show of hands. <laughs> How many people would stay at the Stanley Hotel? Me. I mean, I know we, we're dying to go there. Dying. We're dying. <laughs> but um, if you guys would like to stay, I mean, if you're venturous enough, if it had enough spooky details in it to, to draw you there, let us know. Shoot mm -hmm. us an email at hauntingsandbooze at gmail.com or you can send us a tweet at hauntingsandbooze or message us on Instagram, hauntingsandbooze, and find us on Facebook. Or if you've been to the Stanley Hotel... Yes. And you have any info, you've gotten a weird picture or nothing happened, you know, let us know. We'd love to hear that too. Yeah, so totally awesome. That would be that would be really cool. So thank you guys for listening and we're gonna chat with you all next week. This has been a long day for both Ari and yes. I. It's <laughs> It's been yeah, a lot of things have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing creepy. <laughs> nothing just, paranormal. Just, <laughs> nothing paranormal. This is freaking <laughs> Yeah. But uh, it's been a long day, and uh, we're going to wrap it up now. And again, thanks, thanks, Garnish. I can't even speak. Thanks, Thank everybody. you, Garnish, for listening. And we're going to chat all with all of you <laughs> next week. <laughs> one by one. <laughs> one by one. And toodles to our listeners. Uh, have an awesome day. And don't forget, you may think you're alone, but, but you, you never, never really, really are. are. Red rum, red Here's rum. Here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs>